The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, it's hump day. Hump day. It's 205 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. It's Jaylen Nye. Brandon Graziano joining me in studio this afternoon. Hey, B. Good afternoon. That's something I probably should have made for you guys, eh? That whole like hump day. Should have made you a montage as did opposed to... Uh, I did one for Gord, unfortunately. I did not do one for you guys when it came to hump day. You know what, though? I think someone did do a hump day one for us. <laughs> there you go. And I think it was deleted. There was a couple of times when, when our entire file got deleted by yeah. the, um, the sometimes mystery. Sometimes computers don't work. Well, sometimes people press wrong buttons. That's another thing, too. Uh, Brandon, uh, as you probably know, has been working with this show on and off for, I don't know how long now, a couple years now? A few years. Years, yeah. Today is your last day with us. Today's the last day, and I'm off. Back to Saskatchewan. Back to old Saskatchewan. <laughs> just a little bit more north than Regina, though. A little bit more north. So you're going to PA? Going to PA. Okay. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I'll be uh, hosting it. I'll be basically you over over yonder in PA. Why not, right? Awesome. Figured, what the heck, why not? I might as well take on the opportunity. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's both nerve-wracking and exciting at the same time. Well, it always is, though. I mean, yeah, my, my pen just disappeared. Here you go. Thank you. There we go. Um, <laughs> jeepers. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that is my pen. No, that's not. That's my pen. No, that was my pen from before, I think. No. Um, but you know what? It, it, changing jobs can be um, exciting. It can be terrifying. It can be all a huge range of emotions, and depending on why you're changing the jobs. If you've been fired, I mean, there, that's completely different. That's yeah, completely different. <laughs> um, but if you've decided to maybe take a second chance at something, or decide to open a restaurant and do something that you you really love, that you've dreamed of, that sort of you know. You know, when I left television to go into radio, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, leaving an 18-year, fairly successful run in TV to come into something that I, that I didn't know, didn't um, I knew a little bit, but I wanted it. I did it for personal reasons, mainly, um, and I took a chance. And I was completely and utterly terrified. And that's exactly where I'm going with this right now, because I am not in a, uh, a very comfortable place, but that's good. You're not supposed to feel comfortable, right? Yep. Especially in one of these, uh, I'm gonna, I'll call it a high-risk, high-reward situation. Uh, but uh, it's going to be its going to be a challenge, and uh, this is kind of, if you want to call it the dream, mm-hmm. right? This is something that I've wanted to do, but I'm going to find out the very hard way as to whether or not I actually you did want to do it or, or if I don't want to do it at all. you can do it. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, and that, that is another thing. Uh, a fun story about that, I had a buddy, good buddy of mine, best man at his wedding. He wanted to be a sportscaster his yeah. whole career, and he finally did sportscasting. One shift, he quit. Why? Because he's like, well, figured out I actually didn't really want to do any of that, and he quit, and now he's a, he's a drywaller right now. But uh, but yeah, no, he worked really hard to get to that place, and he got there, and then he realized, no, I don't want to do this. Do it. But he wouldn't have known unless he did it, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I idolize the guy for that, right? Yeah. And now he makes uh, way more money than we'll ever make, right? <laughs> by by fixing up houses and stuff. Well, and yeah. you've got to find you've got to find what you love, and I think a lot of folks. Um, might get stuck in in a job maybe because of just you know the security and I use the word stuck in a in a 
I'll use it in a kind way, um, but because it's comfortable, because you're afraid to take uh, to take a chance, uh, because maybe the salary is really good, maybe you know it's covering covering all the bills. You have some extra. You can go on that vacation once or twice a year. You can do that sort of thing, um, but. Yeah, stepping out of the comfort zone, no matter where you are in your life, is a, is a huge step. And and it can be whether it's a job, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's a friendship, cutting things off, moving on, whatever it is. And at the Ooh. same time, too, you also don't want to live in the what-ifs. Like, you know, what That's if right. I didn't do that? Or what if I didn't, you know? So I've been living in a lot of what-ifs for a long time. Yeah. But then, I, you know, about seven, eight years ago, you know, what if I didn't, you know, take my first radio job in Peace River, or I should say on-air radio job in Peace River, where would I have gone from there? Like, would I still be in Toronto doing something completely different? Or maybe I would be stuck at the same old grocery job, you know, that I wasn't really happy with, Yeah. you know? So it's, uh, it's one of those things where I figured, you know what? What the heck? Let's do it. Well, uh, a couple of people asking. Brandon is uh, moving on, uh, moving on, moving over to um, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Here, he's going to be doing some morning radio there, and then doing a an, an hour long talk, talk show, show. Yeah, uh, which will be really cool. So, uh, best of luck. We'll talk more uh, about that before you leave. Sure. Uh, thanks yeah. for thanks for your help over the past couple of years with this show, and for always kind of uh, making us laugh or you know supporting <laughs> us along the yeah. way. <laughs> you did the right thing, Jay. Don't worry about. It? No, it's all good. Um, and I'm glad you listened to me. I do. I actually do listen to you, <laughs> believe Finally. it or not. Finally. There's been there's been times where I haven't, and oh, there's no. been times where or I'm like, oh, God, she's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, but when, when we're talking about the job thing, and, and I wanted to throw this out, we're going to get to another topic just after 2.15, but I want to throw this out now because um, there was a list that came out a couple of days ago yesterday about the top um, employers in in the country. So I thought that was that was kind of uh, interesting. But also got me thinking with you know the whole Scaramucci uh oh, yes. with the White House his great tenure. His his 10 days uh, <laughs> I, you know on the job. And that's and it, not it's, including that's including weekends yeah, by the exactly. way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I went on holidays we had a new White House um, press secretary and I came back and he was gone. I was like that was the same length as my holidays and the holidays wasn't long it weren't long enough. <laughs> but wondering about um the shortest the shortest you were ever at a job. The shortest I was ever at a job. The shortest you were ever at a job. You know, that Scaramucci has um, uh, been just fodder for the uh, late night talk shows. I've got a little piece uh, on that. And they can't up. do it anymore, unfortunately. That's it. That's the ball game. It was the same thing with uh, McCarthy and, uh, yeah. and and Sean Spicer. Yeah. Can't do that bit anymore, yeah. unfortunately. But if you, if you want to kind of weigh in on that, the, the shortest you were ever at a job and the reason why... Well, what about At you? Six thirty, six thirty. Well, let's save it. We'll talk to you a little okay, bit later. Sure, sure. But let's put it this way: my waitressing career did not take off. Oh, okay. Uh, did not do well. At that job, um, and it lasted a short time. But I'll, I'll fill you in on that uh, coming up on the show today. We do have a four-pack of Edmonton Eskimo tickets for Ooh, that uh, Cats game. game. Uh, the dinette and patio pregame show gets underway at six o'clock, and some changes today as well to the review. 
the video review Yes, uh, Ambrosi just uh, announced that uh, earlier today, uh, basically saying that, uh, well, we're going to be shortening it so that, mm-hmm. you know, the game moves along, yeah. right? And thank goodness. Yeah. And no, goodness. big time. Big so time. Uh, we'll touch on that, and probably Morley will talk to us about that coming up as well. But again, uh, the, the pregame show starts at 6 o'clock. The kickoff at 7.30. We'll do that before 6 o'clock today. Uh, a break right now. When we come back, we talked about that air transat mess briefly yesterday. Being on a plane for eight hours, then turning around and having to sit on a tarmac for six hours. Can you imagine? I fear lives could have been lost if I had been on that plane. Uh, What can you do about it? I have an airline consumer advocate dialed up and ready to go to find out about, um, you know, what can you do in cases like this? That's coming up. Stick around. Well, that is what it sounded like inside an Air Transat plane on uh, at the Ottawa airport on Monday after the plane was diverted and ended up sitting on the tarmac for six hours. Passengers were not allowed to get off the plane. The AC wasn't working. Water and food ran out. So at least two passengers called 911. So uh, Air Transat, which was where it was on, obviously, is apologize. Uh, they are not taking all the heat, though. It says the airport crews couldn't provide loading bridges or stairs. Uh, the airport says the flight crew never asked for help at all. Yeah. So what should happen in instance like this, and what are your rights as a traveler? To find out, we called Gabby Lucas with the organization Air Passenger Rights to find out. Hi, Gabby. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. I think you're calling us this afternoon from Hungary. That's correct. I'm just in here, my grandmother. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it. I want to start, Gabby, with asking you, what was your reaction when you heard what happened? I was first appalled and uh, feeling very, very sorry for the passengers for this kind of treatment of what they had gone through. No human being should be treated this way. It's a kind of common sense that you don't live an animal in a hot car. Apparently, the same common sense doesn't seem to be applying in the eyes of uh, air transit to passengers. But does this surprise you any more that things like this are happening? I'm not surprised, but I'm shocked. Uh, I'm not surprised because the reason that this kind of thing is happening and keep happening is because of lack of adequate enforcement of the rules. It is not that we don't have rights. We do. For example, air transit has a document called the tariff. The tariff contains all the terms and conditions applicable to the travel of passengers. And the tariff says that in such a situation, if there is a delay of over 90 minutes, 9-0, an air transit has to uh, provide food, has to provide uh, water or uh, uh, beverages, and uh, they also have to allow passengers to uh, get off the plane. Hmm. So you're you're we're seeing this blame game being played here, as we said. You know, Air Transat has apologized, but it says airport crews couldn't provide loading bridges or stairs. Airport says the flight crew never asked for help. Um, with your look into this, what do you think happened? I'm I believe the airport, um, based on the circumstances, uh, the airport has been providing more accurate data about how many flights were actually on the ground at the time. And I've spoken to uh, on Facebook through the Facebook group for air passenger rights to passengers who told me that they were on uh, other flights 
of other airlines that landed in Ottawa around the same time, and they were on their way after an hour. So uh, the issue here is, we must remember, is not what they decided they had to land, but rather that they weren't on their way fast enough. And when you have such a long delay, they weren't provided food or uh, or um, drinks. And um, when you, when you look at the grand scheme of things, it is quite probable that an, an airport would have proper facilities. Just think of uh, Gander Airport. Mm-hmm. When September 11th was happening, they had 38 airplanes land there. And that's a very small airport. Ottawa has a far larger airport than that. So if Gander was able to handle 38 aircraft, um, I don't see why Ottawa Airport would have any problem handling okay, 20 aircraft landing for a short amount of time. And we're not talking here about necessarily people disembarking, but at least what the Ottawa Airport said is getting passengers water, getting them some yeah. food, getting them, uh, uh, they offered some fans, as I understand, to ventilate the aircraft. So basic common sense, nothing fancy, nothing, you know, extravagant, but just treating humans like humans. Um, you know, Gabby, um, you talked about that tariff, and in it it says after 90 minutes uh, of a delay, the, the food and water needed to be provided. But after, you know, three hours, four hours, five hours, that's just, it's insufferable. I can't even imagine. I, I think that really in the end of it, Air Transat is, is quite lucky that, you know, tempers didn't flare more than they did. I, I'm not sure that I could sit on a on on a plane on a tarmac for that long without completely losing my cool. And I don't blame you for that. And and I, I think that the passengers perhaps have acted uh, with too much restraint in this case. I'm not suggesting violence, but certainly uh, if I would have been on that airplane without information, without being told why I'm there, without being told uh, when we're going to be getting um, air, fresh air or uh, water or food, I would have been calling the police probably after two hours. I would say that that 90 minutes is the is in the in the rules. After two hours, it's time to make a 911 call. I encourage other people sitting around you to make a 911 call, just to be sure that all authorities understand that it's not a single passenger who is upset, mm-hmm. but the whole bunch of them and uh and you have to bear in mind that um that is going likely to cost some more money for for the airline hopefully the authorities will send the airline the bill for this kind of incident um because somehow the public must ensure that airlines face financial consequences when they treat passengers this way and that is a real challenge because we do have a regulator in canada the canadian transportation agency that would be able to issue fines to airlines that misbehave. But the problem is that the regulator is in bed with the industry. Mm. So they are not going to really take a tough stance on the airlines. Um, you know, we, for the vice chairman of the agency, the uh, former lobbyist for the airlines, the manager of enforcement, acknowledged she's on first name basis uh, with the executives of the industry against whom she's supposed to act. And uh, the chief complaint officer is actually a suspended lawyer who was suspended for misconduct and was never reinstated for the past 30 years. And this man is the, the chief complaint officer. Hmm. Uh, so when you have a, a, Go ahead. a regulator, well, when you have a regulator which which uh, has uh, staff like that and, and which has all this tied to the industry, uh, you don't 
have high hopes for them mm. being in a tough position. Uh, Gabby Lucas uh, with Air Passenger Rights joining us on the 6.30 Chet After News. Gabby, I'm, I'm finding that uh, a lot of complaints against uh, airlines are actually on the rise, especially after that whole debacle uh, with United Airlines. Now, do you feel that social media is now taking a big part in this, or why are people more and more complaining about uh, airlines that we see, not only just in Canada, but all across the, country, uh, all across the world, for that matter? Passengers uh, are more understanding now that they do have rights on the one hand. Airlines are also engaging more into the race to the bottom. Um, <laughs> a number of years ago, flying was a kind of luxury. Now it's an alternative to uh, Greyhound in some ways. So would you expect to be Sir Champagne Greyhound? Probably not. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and. I think the media is also being more sensitized to, to this issue, partly because there are more and more smartphones with which you can actually record what you are seeing, what is happening right then and there. When you think of the case of Dr. Dow from the U.S., the, the doctor who was uh, beaten by uh, airport security at the behest of, of uh, the request of the, the airline who was asking to be precise, who asked them to remove him from the flight on which he had a valid seat, um, I don't think that that story would have made such big waves, such so much news and made the news, had it not been recorded by several people mm-hmm. using their smartphones. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that is the reason that I also very strongly recommend and encourage passengers to take videos, to take photos of the slightest irregularity that they are seeing, because it makes sure that later on down the line they have clear evidence what happened and what the airline did. Gabby, let's talk about uh, this passenger bill of rights is Bill 49. Um, I think it was introduced in May and it seems, you know, I know you're chuckling about it. You're not a fan uh, about this bill. And why is that? What's your concerns with it? Because we're hearing, you know, the transportation minister saying that this is going to make things better for passengers. There's going to be um, uh, ways um, to, to fight back with the airlines. What do you say about it? Uh, Bill C-49 is smoking mirrors. Unfortunately, um, just earlier today, I, I was uh, listening to um, the uh, Parliamentary Secretary of Ministry Bernot, and um, she said that she was actually talking to her friends who are, who are at the airline industry, and that itself is very troubling uh, when you have people getting their information at Transport Canada and uh, from the industry and not from the public. But in practical terms, uh, Bill C-49 is an empty shell. It has no provision that would impose any specific concrete obligations on the airlines. Oh, it says that the Canadian Transportation Agency, the same corrupt body I mentioned previously, would be required to make regulations about um, certain issues. It doesn't specify what those regulations would be. Uh, and most importantly, it contains no provisions whatsoever about enforcement neither more powers to enforce, no clear obligations to enforce the rule. Hmm. So, uh, first, it is empty, it is hollow in the sense that there's nothing in there that would be concrete. Second, I would add that they're trying to present old existing rights as if they were new. For example, about um, the uh, baggage of passengers they mentioned uh, in the news or what happens when a passenger is delayed. Many of those rights already exist, especially 
when you travel internationally uh -huh. under the carriage barrier act okay. just that those rights are not being enforced so uh there's no doubt that one could improve many things but the the neither the minister nor his permanent secretary answered the key question which is why things are going to change or how things are going to change in terms of enforcement it is not that canadians have so few rights it is that the rights that we do have which are quite numerous are not being enforced so um i guess uh, like you were saying i mean we do have rights but they're not enforced uh you know there are some situations because you did recommend that everybody carry a smartphone on them and everybody you know record exactly what's happening and what if that what if that's not the case you know, how do we fight back against, uh, I guess, the regular common folk, if you will, <laughs> fight back against, you know, bad airline service? You know, if you're sitting on the tarmac for hours, you're about to be bumped. I mean, how would you proceed if maybe we don't have all the resources that we want to have and should have? Well, too uh, many passengers should, should uh, inform themselves about their rights because... Nobody else is going to tell them what their rights are, and, and they should not hesitate to take matters to small claims court if necessary. Okay. Small claims court if necessary. Your website is airpassengerrights.ca. Lots of information on there outlines a lot of that uh, basic knowledge that you suggest that we as travelers have. Gabby Lucas, I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon, taking time out for um, uh, your visit in Hungary to give us a call here in Edmonton this afternoon. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. That's Gabby Lucas. And again, the, the website is airpassengerrights.ca. And if you want to check it out, there is a lot of great information on there when it comes to baggage, when it comes to fees, when it comes to rules, That everybody needs to know, that yeah, you should know. know. And that is what Gabby is saying, is that, you know, they're not going to tell you. And read... I know we don't, oftentimes we don't do it. It's like the, the credit card or the, the Apple. The terms of agreement. The terms of agreement. Go back and read that whole carriage stuff. And um, and even Julie Matthews has talked about it on the show as well. Find out what your credit card will cover as well in case of delays. In some cases, credit cards will do it as well. But inform yourself. Airpassengerrights.ca is the website. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.